This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who struggled not to picture Vervada every time I saw the name V while doing research. So you have been doing some crazy-ass shit in my head, dude. (laughs) It's funny. Um, I didn't pick this name when I saw Cyberpunk. I've had the name Vervada since I was a teenager. But um, yeah, it's a happy, crazy random happy stance. Happenstance. Wow. I'm not even drunk. Okay. And I'm Vervada, the girl who has definitely been getting up to crazy shit now that I've been replaying Cyberpunk. I just love Night City. My first playthrough was Street Kid. My current playthrough is Nomad. But I just can't bring myself to play as a corpo rat. If you're new here, welcome. But you should know... Our podcast centers on character and romance analysis using specific in-game dialogue, so if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this isn't the podcast for you. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. (laughs) Thanks for the spoiler alert, Sam. Just like with our previous episodes, we'll assume you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we'll be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Also... Quick content warning for discussions of self-harm and various kinds of violence and abuse. Night City is not a friendly place. So, get ready to brain dance. Today's episode is on Judy Alvarez from Cyberpunk 2077. Know what I see looking at you? Walking, talking corpses. Judy Alvarez is a member of the Mox a gang comprised of punks and sex workers that arose out of a common need for self-defense. The abused and victimized banded together against another gang, the Tiger Claws, and formed the Mox. Judy functions as a skilled brain dance technician for the Mox. Suffice it to say that a brain dance is basically a virtual reality environment where you submerge fully both your conscious mind and your nervous system so you can really feel and experience whatever's going on in the brain dance. Yeah, 2077 is wild. Before Judy joined the Mox and became a talented techie, she was born in a small town called Laguna Bend, outside of the sprawling metropolis of Night City. She had an absent father, and her mother died when she was young. So Judy was raised primarily by her grandparents. Her grandfather is actually the one who first taught her some techie skills. She was poor and parentless. So the other kids in Laguna Bend bullied her, and she was an outcast. As she grew up in her small town, she realized that she liked women and stole a doll from a girl she had a crush on. What I really wanted was for her to notice me. Ah, the days when dolls were just kids' toys and nothing else. In cyberpunk, doll is a slang term for a prostitute, but a specific type of prostitute that is basically a living, breathing doll. They don't remember anything that happens to them when they the chip gets activated. It's really gross. And they're given behavioral chips to make them compliant. There is a lot of problematic stuff, even in the brightest lit corners of Night City, let alone the dark alleys and underbelly. Corporations run the city-state and are responsible for the flooding of Judy's hometown that forced her and her grandparents to move into an apartment in the Kabuki Ward of Night City. They just decided they wanted a reservoir there, so they kicked everyone out of their homes. Yay for corporate colonialism. Her grandparents tried to adjust to city life for a few years, but eventually moved north to Oregon, and Judy has lived alone in the apartment ever since. Judy eventually came to work for Clouds, a brothel in Night City, and that's how she came to know Evelyn, Tom, and Mako, who play a role in some of Cyberpunk's story missions. Judy began dating Mako, a doll at Clouds, and helped Mako rank up by tweaking the stats of her behavioral trip, trying to help make things better for them at the brothel. Judy eventually left Clouds and began working at Lizzie's Bar as a brain dance editor because she believed the mocks would help people out. She stayed in contact with her Clouds companions, 
but was also an outcast in the mocks as well, being far more idealistic than any dare to be in Night City. The mocks boss, Susie Q, often criticizes Judy for this. Judy is unique in cyberpunk in that she is woefully naive. Her fatal flaw is her impulsivity and hot-headedness. Johnny Silverhands actually sums it up real well. She's all over the place. Refuses to take the door, jumps out a window, then acts all surprised when she gets hurt. You see evidence of Judy's misplaced trust and quick devotion time and again. First with Evelyn, then with Maiko, and even with V, especially if you romance her. She's constantly at odds with Susie Q because she only thinks about the intention behind an action, not the consequences. Judy is exceptionally easy to manipulate. People use her trust and usually unrequited love to their advantage. Couple this with her inability to really think things through, and it can lead to some disastrous consequences. One of her tropes is known as the Indie Ploy, named after Indiana Jones, another character who is notorious for making up shit as he goes. When not Vervada V meets Judy, it's at the start of a mission called The Information. Evelyn Parker, Judy's old friend from her clouds days, needs her to help you edit a virtue scroll or a raw virtual environment that she had been recorded inside of Yornobu Arasaka's penthouse. If none of that means anything to you, have you even played Cyberpunk? Basically, it's a detailed recording of the richest kid's fancy apartment and all his fatal security flaws. It's time to gather intel for the big heist. And Evelyn knew that Judy was the best brain dance editor, so she was the perfect person to help out. So... Judy helps, but only because Evelyn is her best friend. Fast forwarding to after the heist goes horribly wrong, your partner Jackie dies, and you get stuck with the punk rock terrorist version of Keanu Reeves in your brain, V meets up with Judy to try and find Evelyn. She's gone missing, and after a short while checking on all the leads, V and Judy make their way to a ripper dock known as Fingers. Ew, (laughs) I hate that name. Ripperdocs are people who implant cybernetic devices into organic bodies with varying degrees of finesse and skill. The name is definitely appropriate for fingers. As you wait impatiently for the Ripperdoc to see you, you can have this exchange with Judy. She means a lot to you, doesn't she? And you've arrived at that conclusion how exactly? moment you knew where she was, you sprang into action. Once you get close to Evelyn, you never want to let her go. It's interesting that Judy says this about not wanting to let Evelyn go. The game says that they are best friends, but we only ever see Evelyn use Judy for her techie skills. And the rest of the time, it's Judy splitting her heart open and charging forward for Evelyn's sake. A key distinction, though, is that Evelyn never asks Judy to do this for her. Evelyn left the mock safe house to go back to Clouds, where she was subsequently used abused, given to fingers, and then to the black market brain dance studio. She would have just died in a trash heap like countless other unlucky people in Night City if Judy hadn't tried to find her. But also, Judy didn't really save her from anything either. Yeah, and this is the trigger warning for a brief mention of self-harm. After you help Judy rescue Evelyn... She will be an empty shell. Whatever was done to her caused her to recede into herself, and she's unresponsive, but awake and alive. She will eventually commit suicide, which totally destroys Judy. It's horrible. Out of some kind of sense of obligation, or maybe even codependency, Judy drags V into her bullheaded plan to enact revenge on what she perceives to be the main abuser to Evelyn, Clouds the brothel Evelyn worked at, and the Tiger Claws, the gang that runs it. The reason Judy joined the Mocks in the first place is because they were formed to protect sex workers from the Tiger Claws. Lizzie's bar used to be owned by them, long story short. The sex workers and punks banded together to protect their own and kick out the oppressors. And that's exactly what Judy aims to do with Clouds. And I completely understand where Judy is coming from. 
Losing people we care about to depression makes you feel useless and wanting to lash out at anyone or anything you can think of to blame. Fueled by pain and anger, she wrangles you in on the revenge scheme. And that's exactly what this is. Revenge. One small problem, though. The mocks don't want to do this. Only Judy does. It is a noble goal to defend the weak and helpless. But depending on how you play it, you end up with a lot of dead dolls and a bitter Judy. Or a Maiko at the helm of clouds and Judy feeling stupid. Michael will offer to pay you. Do not take her money if you want to romance Judy. We're going to assume that you do, so no eddies for you. Yeah, no matter how you play this mission, it doesn't work out the way Judy hoped it would. They say revenge is a dish best served cold, and there's a reason for that. Judy's pain and anger was hot and fresh, and it caused her to jump into the scheme with no thought to how she wanted it to work out. What did she think would happen to the brothel after she liberated the dolls? They still needed to work, and in Night City, Clouds is a pretty fancy place. The Tiger Claws at least kept them safe from other gangs and violence from the patrons, even if they abused the sex workers themselves. Morally, there is no white and black in Night City. Only dark, dark gray and the best option to go with is to let Michael run the brothel, even though that makes Judy mad at you. So after this mission, Judy's romance opens up. She asks you to meet her outside Night City. And when you get there, she says she wants to scroll a virtue with two actors' experiences being recorded rather than just one. V and Judy tune into each other and dive into the reservoir. You guessed it. It's Judy's flooded hometown, and you're about to take a swim down memory lane. It's a really cute scene, with sounds from Judy's memories coming through their mental link for the virtue scrolling. She even hums a portion of the song Bells of Laguna Bend from the cyberpunk soundtrack. Although it's referred to by Street Kid V as Only You by Etta Sorrentino. This is actually Judy's theme song in the game, too, which is a really cool fourth wall break. But before we finish up our swim with Judy, let's take a quick mid-break to hear from our sponsors, learn some fun facts, and thank our lovely patrons. Fun facts time! The name Mox comes from the word moxie, a common slang word from the 1930s that means courageous spirit or pep. Definitely a fitting inspiration for the name of the gang that defends those that can't defend themselves. Judy's zodiac sign is Pisces, which if you're not into that shit, the symbol for Pisces is two fish swimming in opposite directions. Definitely appropriate for Miss Inner Turmoil. Also, the name of the mission where you dive with Judy in her flooded hometown is called Pyramid Song, which was inspired by the Radiohead song of the same name. That song talks about diving into a river and seeing lots of things. I think that's even more fitting when you romance Judy, as the lyrics in the song go, All the things I used to see. All my lovers were there with me. All my pasts and futures. Kind of fitting. But it is time to thank the patrons. Toasty and Apollo, Meiji Moose and Captain Shanko and Stone Mystios. And we have two new names to add to the list. The Teacups have joined the Patreon, and so has Psyche. Major love to all of you. Big, big, big love. Words cannot express how much it means to see all of your names on this list. Oh, and Mystios, I didn't forget you last week. That episode was pre-recorded, so I didn't have the updated list at the time. So, a little extra love sprinkled in for you this week. If you want your name to be on the list and to join us for the next patron chat, head over to patreon.com slash twogirlsoneship to sign up. It's looking like the topic will be characters that you wish were romanceable. And I feel like this is going to be a great discussion. Alright, time to get back into our wetsuits and finish our dive with Judy. Look pretty damn fine in that wetsuit. You should see me in my Max Tech uniform. 
Whoa. Can you have one? Indeed I do. One in a bet. Still hangs in my closet, waiting for the right occasion. Huh. I'm gonna hold you to that. I love how flirty they sound. <laughs> After the dive, it's late in the day, and Judy suggests staying in the small bungalow next to the reservoir. You both climb up the old rusty steps, and Judy offers to bake some hot coffee. Fee goes outside and starts the generator, and you hear some of Judy's memories seep into your mind through the link. Judy rushes into the bathroom as you re-enter the bungalow. V will knock on the door, and Judy will confess that the tiger claws have raided clouds, enacting their own revenge on the dolls due to Judy's revenge scheme. She's broken up about it, of course, because Judy is a bleeding heart in a city that gives zero shits for anyone. She's literally too good and it has a high price in Night City. But, as my favorite band, Fall Out Boy, sang back in 2008, the best of us can find happiness in misery. We've come to the romance culmination scene. Take us away, Jen. <laughs> All right. I think it was made for this. Okay. I want to start off by saying, Wow. The level of actual romantic interaction before the physical takes place is perfection, chef's kiss. But when we get to showing that love, I honestly think I might have gotten a little red in the face. Like that never happens. But who, buddy, did I feel it? Okay, so one quick gameplay side note. If you don't want nudity, you don't have to. There are options that make it so that the scenes play out with underwear still on. Or you can go fully nude. Being honest, I watched the covered up version first because it wasn't listed on the video that it was that way. So my first watch through was fully clothed. And I blushed at the fully clothed version. <laughs> I still feel the exact same way even watching the undressed version. Being able to see nipples doesn't bring more to the emotional connection that these two share. I mean, but it does make it a little bit sexier. And it makes it more risque, but the impact is the same regardless. Maybe impact wasn't the best choice of words. Moving on. <laughs> Their scene starts so sweet and gentle, with touches of the face, and V being led by the hand to the bed. A kiss and a quick fade to black. When we see Judy next, she's on the bed waiting for you. We see V taking her time to explore with her hands all of the glorious swerves and curves and smooth skin. The sounds and position changes. The fully realized and thought out, what do lesbians actually do while having sex? Just, wow. V is a very, very generous lover from what I can see, and I did see quite a lot. It then fades to black, and we see these two in the afterglow, and the actual glow of a lit cigarette. I quit almost three years ago, but I still remember that feeling. Oh, no. I need to quit romanticizing it in my head because my addict brain says I miss it. And I do, but I don't want it back. But I do. The cigarette is passed back and forth, and then a fade to... Wait. No. It keeps going. And going. And hell's... Bells, Judy is now above you, and she kisses her way down your stomach, and down, and down, and then that glorious ass is in the air, and that's pretty much where my brain fails, and I need to go take a cold shower. You wake up the next morning and find Judy on the docks, overlooking the water. Here's your coffee, finally. Morning. So, yesterday, 
What was that exactly? Don't remember or you want me to remind you? You know exactly what I'm trying to say. What did it mean? Like to you? I think it... I mean... I hope it was the beginning of something nice. Unless you see things differently. Ugh. Can be such a gonk sometimes. Ruined my plans, you know that. Was gonna leave Night City in the dust for good. Even started packing. But now I think. I think I gotta stay. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better romance scene both in terms of emotional connection and sheer physical beauty. After this scene with Judy, you are in a relationship with her. If you've played cyberpunk, you know there are multiple endings. There are four main endings, plus two alternate endings. Trigger warning for brief mentions of self-harm. The four main endings are referred to as the devil, the sun, the star, and temperance with the two alternate endings being the secret ending and the ending where V and Johnny mutually decide to end things for good. Depending on which ending you choose to do, V's relationship with Judy will either continue or they will break up, no matter how nice you've been to her. In the end credits, various characters will call V and leave video messages, and they also change based on which ending you've chosen. If you choose the devil or the sun endings... Judy will break up with V and leave Night City. If you choose the temperance ending, where Johnny takes over V's body and V enters digital space with Alt, Johnny ghosts on Judy, and she is left worried about what might have happened to V. Damn, Johnny. That's harsh. If V commits suicide or dies during the quest, don't fear the Reaper, Judy leaves a tragic video message during the endgame credits of her crying, makeup streaked down her face. I think everyone can agree that the happiest ending in the game for a romanced Judy is the star ending, where V and Judy leave Night City with the Nomad family. You know, I used to mark time in stages, one juncture to the next. There was the mega building, hole in the wall phase, and the group home phase the mox phase every time i thought i found a home and every damn time i came away disappointed no matter which ending you choose it is implied that v is on borrowed time thanks to johnny's engram on the relic chip slowly eating away at v's mind this ending is the most hopeful though and it's so rewarding to finally give judy the home she's been searching for another trope of judy's is the tragic rose which is a character that's kind and good that can never catch a break. Judy even has multiple rose tattoos, and she endures tragedy after tragedy. I just cannot bring myself to do any other ending besides the star when I romance Judy. Okay, Jen, let's rate this romance. I'm sure your rating for the sex scene's gonna be 10 out of 10, am I right? Uh, yeah. It's an obvious 10 out of 10 for me. But... Not because, oh my god, lesbians are hot and the video game showed pussy being eaten. No, it had to do with the fact that this feels like a scene written for women who are attracted to women. It isn't over-the-top moans and hair tosses. It's exploration through physical touch and a passionate and genuine connection. Not only do I think that the sex between them was great, I think it was written, blocked, animated, and sound engineered great. 10 out of yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I really think Judy has a very endearing and desperate romance in this game, which is why it's my personal favorite for cyberpunk. If you don't know, there are only four romance options in the game. Judy, Pan Am, Carrie, and River. Judy is actually a foil to Pan Am, the only other feminine romance option. Both are incredibly hot-headed, want to leave Night City behind for good, and tend to leave a path of destruction in their wakes, but where Pan Am is full of grit and action running out in front, 
Judy prefers being behind the scenes and helping through her tech skills. I know we're talking about Judy right now, but both of their major flaws are their disregard for thinking about the consequences of their actions, and that is a problem that love cannot overcome unless you choose a very specific path in this game, aka the star ending. Judy uses V, especially a romanced V, as an emotional crutch. She's hopped from person to person, life raft to life raft, and is left destroyed when her person inevitably uses her or dies horribly because this is Night City. V can change that cycle in the star ending, and that's what makes it so heartbreaking when she says the following during the credits. Well, you know me, I get mushy when it comes to sharing feelings. So, uh, <clears throat> what the hell? I figured I'd just tell you here. V, I just wanted you to know that Uh, for the first time in your life, Judy. It's so tragic. It's beautiful. This kind of I need you to live romance isn't healthy in the real world, but I do love that in a romance story. So I'm going to give Judy as a romance a solid 7 out of 10. And the only reason I'm docking points is because it's really hard to have a happy ending with her. Just, you know, out of six endings, you get one where they don't break up or she's not destroyed. And I personally love it when they live happily ever after. So if you choose the star ending, 10 out of 10, that's the only way I play the game. I think it's valid though. Like the seven out of 10, because if things don't work out, it destroys her. And a breakup should yeah. destroy you as a person. Yeah, I mean, without considering the ending at all, I guess it would, I I would want to pick 10. I mean, it's hard for me to, I want to try and do it as unbiased as possible, which is hard because I've, Judy's my favorite for cyberpunk, but I can't disregard the endings because that's the part of the story. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like Mass Effect 2 where the story for their romance wasn't over yet yeah. for the most of them. So it's like with cyberpunk, this is it as far as we know. Uh, maybe they're going to make a sequel. I know there's a big DLC planned for next year. But as far as I know, one out of six times Judy ends up happy. And the part that gets me is like, she really lives for V. And like I said, I like that in a story. But if she were really my girlfriend, that would be a problem. She would need some therapy at the very yeah. least or, you know, so um, yeah, it's I definitely think the sex scene is the strongest aspect. It's also like you don't really get to know her too much. In this game, it's not like two missions, really, that mm. it's about her. Yeah. But otherwise, it's always Judy in the context of trying to find the other girl that she was obsessed with. She never dated Evelyn, but like, I don't know. It's If I was a like psychiatrist, I could psychoanalyze <laughs> her and figure out why she attaches herself to people all the time. Yeah. But um, for whatever reason, you know, I hope we get to see more of her, though. She's my favorite for sure in Cyberpunk. All right. And that, lovely listeners, is where we would usually end our show. But for this episode, we have a special guest. This man has been such a huge supporter of the show. Not only did he write our first review, he was also our first patron. And he never stops talking about Judy whenever romances are brought up in basically any context. Please welcome the co-host of the Witcher Lorecast and my Beast Mode, Toasty. Hello. Please don't fight me. I'm not actually. I'm not actually. That's totally fair. It's totally fair. It's not anything really to do with Judy. It's more like how it would end for her and the, the romance. I mean, I do like the fact that other than the where V dies for whatever reason, and that breaks her totally, when the other two endings the sun and the devil, she just breaks up with you and goes to Oregon. I feel like that's a happy ending for her too. It's just not a happy ending for your romance. But like, yeah. honestly, that one might be the healthiest ending for Judy as a person. Because in six months, she's going to be broken anyway, right? When V dies, inevitably, unless 
Unless the DLC is going to talk probably about. what the DLC is supposed to be about. Yeah. At least I would assume so. Yeah. Okay, wait. Toasty, introduce yourself to our listeners. Wait, do I? Do I have to, though? That's the question. Well, yeah, I mean, this maybe. could be, especially if this be. is a, it's a new... A new season, a new cycle, a new game. So somebody could be finding us through Cyberpunk for the first time. So let our audience know your preferred name on the internet and your pronouns. All right. Well, uh, I mean, Genesis did introduce my name already. I am Toasty, uh, uh, another host on the the Robots Radio Network, uh, and uh, I use he, him pronouns. Thank you. All right. Why, out of all the people that we know that absolutely love Judy, why did we pick you? Can you give us a little bit of your origin story and how you came to love cyberpunk? Uh, yeah, so I am one of the hosts of the the Witcher Lorecast. Uh, so obviously, I have a pretty long-standing relationship with CD Projekt Red Games. Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, and I was very much excited about this game off years before it came out i believe like i heard about it like three or four years before it actually released and i was just like watching like people posted videos of like speculations and stuff like that or like the news that we got and so i was very hyped about this game and then of course once i started playing it i generally use female characters to start by happy accident because i didn't actually like cheat to look at like how to do things because I chose a female character I got to romance Judy and oh, it was great, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you almost kind of blush every time that you start talking about her it's adorable <laughs> um, I say I, I, I fell in love with this woman like the moment I saw her and you see her like right at the beginning and I was like oh wonderful oh dear do you know what about Judy initially was like, oh my gosh, I love her. I want to romance her. I know what it was for me. I'm interested to hear what it is for you. So I do typically like my nerdy girls. Mm. Um, and she is she is Hispanic. And I typically tend to favor Hispanic women. My wife is Hispanic. Uh, most of my exes are as well. So <laughs> typically where I've been most of my life. You know, it was just like, okay, this this is everything that I want in a woman. Why, why have you done this to me? So it was initial physical attraction, and then you learn that she's a tech nerd, and everything just kind of fell into place? You kind of learn she's a tech nerd, like, right off the jump, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, she's super gorgeous. But I also love, like, she's so different from everyone else, because she has so much empathy, and I feel like she's the literal only character that exhibits any empathy in this game unless you play as like a nice V who can also do that for others but it's so she just is she sticks out like a sore thumb that's what I what I initially was attracted by other than her just being super hot but I was just like oh my gosh she's so nice like she has such a kind heart and super super cute smile and like she's just so sweet so I was like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, I love you. That was what I liked about her. And of course, the tattoos. They definitely do it as well. I mean, especially uh, sharks with freaking laser beams. Okay? She yeah. has that tattoo. How can you not, I, right? I was so mad. I'm still mad because I haven't, like, first of all, huge gripe with this game will forever and always be that there are no tattoo parlors anywhere. Like, <laughs> what? Mm. Um, you can't alter your tattoos or get more. And the selection of tattoos are so limited in the character creation. And when I first started, I was like, okay, whatever, it's fine. And then I play the game and I see the moxes and I'm like, I want their tattoos so badly. They have the coolest looking tattoos, like obviously Judy being one of them, but other moxes too that you see in the game. And you can't get any mox tattoos and you can't even align yourself with any gang at all, which is kind of weird. I thought you'd be able to do that. But yeah, those are my two gripes. I want the mox tattoos and I want a tattoo parlor like in the game so I can go get more whenever I want. Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah. Customization in this game is not as great as I would have expected, unfortunately. Yeah, and it came out what, November twenty twenty? I would have thought by now we've we would have had some 
nothing released <laughs> like some more stuff i don't know but it's still there's plenty to do plenty to see so it's still worth it about judy did you learn anything new about her listening to the episode i mean no offense no. you obviously did your research but no i did not <laughs> because uh, i've definitely done this romance yeah that's totally valid uh there have Mm -hmm. been a couple of episodes where i haven't learned anything new and i was like i didn't need to do any research on this one because i already knew all the things um but that's good It, it it helps give us a little bit of validation that we are doing our due diligence and getting all the research in there (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, Toasty approves of this Judy episode. So. Oh, yay! Oh, Toasty approved. Yeah, and if anyone ever wants to know about the research, I literally format my references in APA citation. So just at me, and I will show you where I got my shit. Mm-hmm. Not a, no in-text citations, but no, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. Because that would bother me. I hate them, and I delete them as soon as possible. Are <laughs> yeah. there any key factors that we missed? Or things that would have brought more depth to this romance? So, unless I zoned out for it, which is entirely possible. I don't think, uh, y'all didn't mention any of the post 1.5 editions, did you? Mm, No. 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 Okay. This is a solid game. I mean, it's texts mainly, right? I was trying to find what it was. But if you want to go elaborate. Okay, so, uh, yeah, it's not like anything too crazy it's it's pretty much mostly texts you can also like go into her apartment and if you sleep in the bed she will join you so you can just wake up next to an adorable sleeping judy which is great um but the text sequence is there's like stuff about the brain dance she's producing from like your dive and then there's a part where she texts you and she's like hey uh I think I messed up. You know, like, of course, like, oh, what does that mean? And she's like, I may have accidentally your number to my grandma. <laughs> and so you go through this sequence. Her grandmother texts you and just grills you for information about who you are. Do you really love my granddaughter? You know, like, what are your aspirations? Uh, and, and essentially... I think there's some options where you can just be a complete a-hole, but, like, if you pick, like, the actual answers that normal people would give, then, like, she ends up being like, I like you, I approve, and then just, you never hear from her again. <laughs> it's it's great. That's adorable. Aww. Yeah. I like that. I actually really like the text mechanics in this game. Like, just that is so cool that you can reply and they give you different replies, so you feel like you have, it's almost like a dialogue tree. But through text, you know? So it's really fun because it kind of makes it feel a little bit more real, too. Like, it's not just conversations. Like, you can call her. You can text her. I like it. So I'm glad they added more. I forgot to say anything about that. But, I mean, it's not really, like, plot, plot. Just, like, little fluff. Just good. It's just Um, more game, like, feel like you're actually, like, living it rather than just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, give us more content. We will take more. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, there is one <laughs> okay. audio. Oh, sorry. I was like, there is one audio oh, clip. <laughs> there is one audio clip that I I found while watching. And I was like, I don't know exactly how to work this into the script for tonight. But I was like, you know what? I'll play it now just because I found it really cute and funny. I was just thinking of you. And before you ask, no, you weren't wearing clothes. it's cute i like it now let's go into not cute stuff maybe well i found this article i don't i think jen might have told you about it already but i found this article that i thought was really interesting because it was a point of view i had not yet considered and it's regarding mods when it comes to modding sexuality of game characters that have deliberate sexualities. For instance, Judy, there's a mod to make her buy so that male V can romance her. And we wanted to discuss it because the article I read was, obviously they had a big problem with that mod because they're like, Judy 
is a lesbian. Like, I know in the game, without mods, if you play as male V, like in the dive situation, if you look at her butt, she'll be like, stop looking at my butt. Um, If you're male V, but she like flirts back with you if you're female V. And there's like a couple instances of that in the game. And I was wondering, what do you think about that? So I'm not entirely sure if it's been changed or, or how they've done with that mod. But I remember whenever it first came out, I did download it and looked into it to see, like, how weird it was. Because I was like, this seems weird. And whenever I did it initially, they didn't mod it in a way that made the romance, like, a full romance. It was just at the part where, like, female V would be able to initiate the the romance culmination scene, essentially, you can just do that. But, like, it doesn't change any... It didn't change any of the other voices. So, like, you try to flirt with her as male V, and she still rejects you. So it was... It was awful. Like, it's just a bad mod in general, if that's what they were going for. Um, not to mention the... I get that they're... They're, they're video game characters, so they don't actually exist, but a lot of us play these games in a way to be... It's a role-playing game, so you want them to feel real. So if you acknowledge that they're real like while you're playing, then that that becomes a like a violation of like their choice at that point. But yeah, I, I don't agree with the mod in many ways of like just that it's a bad mod and that it's a bad principle to make a mod out of. So, I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan. No. Yeah. I guess for me, it's like, I don't play in PC, so I can't mod anyway, but it's just annoying, I guess, because it's like, you know, if you want to have straight sex as a male character with a female, you have plethora of options. And there are only so many lesbian characters in video games that you can romance, you know, like Liliana. <laughs> you know, like who Liliana else? Liliana is really not a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. See, she's not even a lesbian. And I think the problem specifically with Judy, and the same thing happened with Sarah in Inquisition and Dorian in Inquisition, but they made mods for that too, making them buy. But it's like those characters specifically have stories about their sexuality like it is a part of who they are as a person dorian especially like he freaking fled the Deventer imperium so he could live his life proudly because his dad was a bigot you know and then if you make a mod to make him buy so that you can romance him as a female inquisitor that's defeating his whole backstory why do you even play the game you know just go make a dating sim game go play that Go read some romance novels. I don't know. Or just watch porn. But like this is a character who has a very specific backstory. Mm-hmm. Don't change it. Because like the, this article actually went pretty far and, and even suggested that it's along the same lines of thinking as conversion therapy. Like, oh, this gay person just hasn't met the right straight person to make them straight. And I'm not sure if I would go so far as to say that's the same line of thinking. But I can see why they arrived at that conclusion on the same hand. You know, like it's seems problematic to me it's not like she doesn't she exists as part of a story but she doesn't exist for sexual gratification like it's not a porn game so don't do that yeah i mean that's just a it seems as if like and i get that we're like leaning that direction but still doesn't feel like we have a lot of like proper representation in games yet and this is an actual like proper example of someone who's as their own sexuality it is not just a player sexual character is legitimately a lesbian and you cannot romance her unless you are a woman. So it, it's definitely don't just don't fuck with the representation people. We're trying to get better at this. Could, could we not go backwards in the modern community, please? Agreed. And especially because it's something that she knew so early on in her life that she was attracted to women. It's not something that they just like slapped onto her character profile late in life. No, no, she knew as a little kid. Like, that's why she stole a child's doll because she was attracted to women. Like, it is so written in there. Please don't mod it away. And I think a lot of people use this like, oh, but they recorded lines with Male V's voice. And they did that with 
you know, Caden in Mass Effect 1. But it's like, that's not necessarily because of cut content. Like the way that video games are developed and made with voice actors. Like if you have a character with two different voices, because you can choose your sex, they have to read every line that character says. Mm -hmm. So it's not, those lines don't exist as recordings in their other sex's voice because they were intended to be by romances. It's because that's just how game development works. They had to record all the lines. And I guess that makes it easy for modders to make these mods, but that's not, it's not because it was intended to exist. If that was how they wanted to ship the game, it would have been shipped. And like mods at their core are supposed to improve the game. And I just don't see this kind of mod as being that. It's not improving the game. You know, it's not making it better for players. It's not making it better for players in the way that it should be anyway. It's making it better for some players to, I don't know, get their rocks off, I guess. Just watch the video on YouTube, guys. So overall, do you feel that we did this romance justice? Do you agree with our ratings for the night? I mean, I guess I reluctantly agree with the 7 out of 10, only because you have fair points. So, but I do, I, I don't know, this is just my kind of my perspective on it was just... Because, yes, a breakup shouldn't, like, ruin you in this sense. And obviously, yes, like, I'm pretty sure it's a fair statement to say that most people in the cyberpunk game probably need to go to therapy. um, (laughs) Because uh, just the nature of cyberpunk generally leans towards that. I just think it's, like, in a way where she's lost so much already, I think it's just kind of to the point of, like, like, to lose that thing again, like, with how much that's already happened, it just sometimes, at a point when you just feel like you have nothing left, and I guess in this, like, she has a grandmother, um, but they don't really make a point of that until after the 1.5 stuff. Like, I don't remember if I knew that her grandmother was still alive before 1.5. So it does put a weird, like, twist on it. But initially, whenever before that stuff, I definitely would have been like, she lost her her family, her town. She lost, like, all of her friends with the clouds stuff. She lost Evelyn, who uh, I think it's... uh, They make it pretty obvious that she was in love with Evelyn, regardless if that was healthy or not. It still was a thing. Um, Not to mention that, like, she was the one watching Evelyn, and Evelyn, like, did that under her, like, supervision, and it still happened. So, like, that sort of responsibility, she probably would have felt for that. And then if you, like, choose that route for like, V, it's just kind of like like this. Oh. You're in a city with no... You've lost so much already, and you've at this point where you're at the bottom, you have nothing left. Like sometimes it's just hard to come back from that. Um, And this is a tragic universe. Like, Cyberpunk is meant to be, like, a tragic game. Most endings aren't happy. By example of the endings of the game, you only have one option for a happy ending, and you know what? It's still not even that happy. He's still going to die. So, that's just kind of the nature of the game that they're going with. It's just hard. (laughs) And I'm used to this, obviously, because it's the same concept in The Witcher. Like, you don't really have happy endings in The Witcher either. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, the better endings for her, if you don't go with the Aldecados and go the star ending, the sun and the devil, where she just breaks up with you and moves to Oregon, like, that's okay. Like, that's average. At least she has her grandma to, like, help her get over the breakup. And obviously, I think the worst one, the two worst ones are Temperance and where you die for some reason. Like, she's broken up about you dying. But, like, for me, when I watched the ending for Temperance, when Johnny, you know, you give Johnny V's body, you see him get on the bus and leave Night City, and (laughs) you just hear Judy, like, hey, can you tell me you're okay? Like, freaking Johnny, who's been around for the whole ride, this whole game, knows you love Judy, and you gave him your freaking body so he can get a second chance. And he's just like, peace out, bitches. I'm not even going to call your girlfriend and tell her that you are now pixels in Mikoshi or whatever. You know, you'd think he would at least do that for V. But no, he doesn't. He just ghosts her. 
And that to me is also a horrible ending for her because like you said, she's lost everything and now she doesn't even have closure for this. It's just gone. I've never done that ending personally. Like I've, I've tried all of them except that one just because of like the circumstances situation. I was, I was just like, I don't really feel like give that up. And I keep meaning to, I'm on, I'm on a street kid playthrough that the intention is to do that route and see what happens. But yeah, so that that does suck. <laughs> like the, the him ghosting, that's unfortunate. Rude. Yeah. And then of course, mm-hmm. um, the suicide ending is like I I just remember doing it because I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I want to see what happens. And I've never done it again because I just couldn't. Like I watched those cutscenes yeah. at the end, and I was like, this is hard because I'm I'm fairly certain that like the intention is to believe that like, if you romance a Judy kills herself, you don't see it, but it seems like that's where, as far as like the context of the clip, which then it's just like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. I don't want to do this anymore. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone just hates you. There's also, there is the other ending that I haven't really heard you guys talk about where she sides with the corpos and goes up to a space station. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then uh, that's the devil. Which one? I, have not I can't remember that clip. So they don't. They don't really break up, and they don't really stay together either. She's like Vigo is talking about. You know, let me stay up here, get everything figured out, and once I'm healthy enough to come back, then I'll come back to you. But then it doesn't go any further, and Judy just continues to message you, going. Please get back to Earth safely. Get back, get back, get back. And then we never find out if he makes it back. Well, like one of the options, you don't. Mm. One of the options, you you yeah. just go into surgery and you're done. Like, uh, it's the, so. The devil, Hanako's path or Arasaka's path, right? Those are the two options. The Arasaka ending is different if Takamura doesn't survive. Um, let's see. Hold on. I'm looking at the wiki right now. So. It was just a tragic one to watch in general. During the devil or the sun ending. So it says she dumps you probably like in the credits. She will say that she's moved and that she's happy now. And sorry, things had to end that way. I feel like I remember. Yeah. What Jin said, where she's like expecting, like she doesn't. She what's says going it, on. She says that. To, yeah, she says that to you when you call her, and they're oh. like, they removed it. You call her from the space station. You're like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna throw up. Like they took it out of my head, and I don't trust them. But that's during the game. Still, it's not during the credits. During the credits is when she says like she moved to Oregon and stuff. Okay. So at least that's what cool. the wiki says. I have I watched it, but I watched a lot of endings. <laughs> lately so i could be wrong but that's what the endings for cyberpunk's fandom wiki says is that the devil or the sun endings that um it says complete judy side jobs have her as v's primary love interest and choose either the devil or the sun endings the devil's where you go to the space station judy dumps v and says she's leaving night city for good quote shame things had to end this way Mm. okay which is uh yeah i think it's because you don't come back to Earth. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I mean, you can't. You, it just doesn't show. Yeah, you one of them. I don't know. Hopefully, the DLC. Well, I guess we have to wait till next year. But that's what they said. It's coming out in 2023. But apparently, it's going to be big. So hopefully, it's like the six months after, and you can. I hope you can split. Like you can get Johnny out of your head. Save V, put Johnny into a cyber body, and then I'll romance Johnny. <laughs> that would be awesome. I, I doubt it. Hate Keanu and love Reeves him. Is yeah. expensive. <laughs> That's true. Oh, it was so awesome though. I yeah. love having this little a little douchebag buddy throughout the whole game. I would especially like to romance him with his alternate skin. Oh. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I would. <laughs> what would romance with that with him be like? Like he was very passive head. aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that too. 
But like he was in your head. He's that's something else I was thinking of. I'm like, what was he? Did he just you know, like peak when you're having sex with Judy? <laughs> like he's there all the time. I think it's funny they didn't have him really comment on it. You know, he comments on so many other things. He did comment on Judy before you got with her and was like, she's always looking at you like she really likes you. And at the end, he does like her. I don't think I would like that. I mean, yeah, there's... Oh, him. Not during it. I meant after. Like, if he made a side comment. He just takes control of the the wheel (laughs) for a moment just to be like... Is this what it is? This what it's like when oh women have God. sex? Dear God! And then she just goes away. Yeah. It's like oh. because we know that like sometimes it's towards the end, really, when the minds have like gotten close together. But like if yeah. he talks, it comes out of V's mouth too. So mm-hmm. that would just be you uncomfortable. Can hear their voices layered. I don't think people in this in the game can hear that but like as the player you know that that's johnny talking no, when people in the, the game voices like, well they can't hear johnny's voice but they can definitely yeah, tell it's like but they can tell yeah you're not v right now i just thought i was just thinking about like judy's sex scene and like if he like materialized in the corner really fast i would, I would have died laughing because yeah he just pops up randomly in the game as you're playing like he'll just materialize not say anything sometimes you just you see him everywhere yeah i just think it's funny I also think it's kind of an oversight that they didn't really have, not during that scene, but like make some kind of comment about any of the romances. He's always there. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I can't remember. I think he's there during part of like the stuff where like yeah. he like pops up and like says a few things. But for the most part, it seems as if Johnny does respect your privacy, even though he yeah. like can't actually. He is forced to witness this. But he tries not to make it more awkward than, like, it could be. So yeah, he's so he's such an interesting character. Like, I would love to analyze him because, like, I was just playing this mission today um, where you go with Judy to Clouds and you're trying to find Evelyn. Like, I'm I'm in the warehouse right now, about to get her. But before, when you're like, you know, you go into Clouds and Johnny hates it. When you leave, he's like, the only way that place will look better is if it's on fire or something. Like, he wants to burn it down. And then we go to Jig Jig Street, and it's, like, prostitutes on the corner and stuff. He loves the street. And I'm just like, it's so funny, like, what he deems is too far. And, like, you know, putting a doll chip in someone's head and making them basically just this compliant, passive body to do whatever you want with. Obviously, I mean, that's too far for most people. But in Night City, it's like, who knows what people's morality scales are. It's interesting that Johnny, like the the terrorist, he's like, no, that's too far. I hate that. Then he has like no empathy for anyone else. Like anytime someone's asking for help or you, you're going off to do something that he doesn't think is on the mission to go get Arasaka. He's just like, this is stupid. You're wasting our time. We're going to die because of you. It's just so funny to see what his priorities are and what he hates and what he doesn't hate. He's very interesting. Well, I mean, I think clouds in general is just not like an unfortunate thing because it's mm-hmm. like for anyone and, and obviously there's a lot of correlation here for anyone that's seen the, the show dollhouse i can't remember what network that was on but there's the same concept of where you like sign a contract to be a doll for a certain amount of time and they can literally make you whoever they want you to be and like program you for certain things it, but like in Dollhouse, it was like you could be programmed to be an assassin for a day. In Clouds, you're just like they're just whoever they want you to be in the bedroom, essentially. So I don't know. It's just like those are creepy. Things. I don't like it. Yeah, they kind of play on that too when Judy hacks the chips and makes them fight, like know how to fight from their doll chips. I feel like that's kind of playing on that too. Yeah. We have time for one more mm-hmm. question. As someone who has done multiple playthroughs, what makes you want to come back each time? I mean, everything that I've said to you. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, it's, for, I mean I think at this point, it's rather obvious how just how good I think that, that romance is. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like with Judy, there's like, I feel like there's a personal level you can reach with her that you just like doesn't feel the same for 
everyone else. Mm. Like it feels yeah. like a more intimate role than the others. Cause it's like rivers, like we saved your uh, nephew from this really bad guy. Uh, and then he's just kind of like, yo, want to smash? And it's like, <laughs> no, not, not really. Like, I, like I, I, you're cool, but this has not felt like I've been developing towards a romance at all in this. Um, and, like, I, I haven't played as male V, except for, like, that trial. But, like, with Pan M from the videos I've seen, it seems like a lot of the things you get doing the romance is the same as just being her friend. Mm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel... Like, it, like it, it's like a little bit of an extra, like, kick there, but, like, it doesn't quite... Like, I don't know. I feel like it's the same relationship, just, like, in one, you have sex with her. Um, yeah. And then for Carrie, I haven't... Carrie's just a complicated one. I'm sure whenever you have that episode gonna be very interesting um because i know there's a lot of controversy with him too it's Hmm. it's gonna be interesting so well just can't wait yeah yeah in the lore he's bisexual but in the game they didn't make him that way so it was Mm. like really like he's been married to a woman before and has kids (laughs) it's like it was just a weird thing so um so i don't know he was bi and then realized he's gay who knows i don't know i mean i think with judy like i will 100 percent agree she seems so much more like you have so much more of an emotional connection with her and while i love that and i think she's amazing and you can like that's why i, I really because I, I don't know if anyone's learned this about me but i'm not really one to have very much enjoy like gratuitous sex stuff in games or media but like with Judy, even though it was a highly sexualized scene, it also was so intimate and it was making love basically what you were watching, you know, and I think that's awesome. And I also think that's Judy's flaw right there, too. She lets people in so fast. She's just she latches onto people so fast. And so you really do get to experience that firsthand if you romance her. And then, um, you know, she's a beautiful person, so you have to make her happy. So choose the star ending. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. It's definitely, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of latching on too fast. But that was mostly high school stuff. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who doesn't do that? Um, yeah. But... She's been on her own since like 14 or 16 or something. I can't remember when her grandparents moved to Oregon and she kind of took over the apartment and she's so she's been alone taking care of herself far before she should have but i mean Mm. obviously night city's not a perfect place to grow up so i'm sure she has some emotional immaturity there um but no one's gonna fault her for that because she is a heart of gold unlike almost everyone else yeah well i mean it it was a one of the interesting aspects of she fought for what the moxes are the whole thing with it and granted she would have ended in disaster of course um but like the moxes were made to protect sex workers from like the injustices they would face on the streets Mm -hmm. and it was like like so they would keep you know pimps and whatnot from hurting the word to use there um and and stuff like that and like clouds like evelyn was an example where like someone got severely injured they do, they tossed her to the side. They gave her to a, a disgusting ripper doc who uh, I can't help but beat him to death every single time that I uh, put the part. Um, <laughs> He's pretty gross. Dude, dude's real. Nah. And, like, she's the only one that wanted to, like, stand up for that. And it's like, this is, yeah. this is the purpose of you, your gang. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. But they just told her no. And it was like, she still continued to fight for that. Again. She's the most mox mox. And then when you, after you witness Susie Q and her argument, you're like, oh, you can't bring strays in here, you know? And Judy's trying to convince her to take care of all these people she's finding. 
And then you talk to Susie Q afterward and she's like, well, we don't do that anymore. We're running a business now. And so it's like she just became like the Tiger Claws, basically. The only difference is that Lizzie's Bar, it's all brain dances versus actual people. But still, you know, it's like, what's the difference? Judy's literally the, the moxiest mox. <laughs> so uh, we'll always stand with her on that. Yeah, they lost sight of the goal there. And that's mm-hmm. it's, it's an unfortunate reality of cyberpunk is that eventually the money will corrupt and you will lose your humanity. That's it's an unfortunate reality. That's <laughs> what reality. it is. It's a dark future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we need Judy's to remind us of what we're supposed to be like and what we're supposed to care about. All right. Uh, Before we wrap up the show, is there anything that you want to shout out or plug toasty? Uh, Well, like I said at the beginning, I am one of the co-hosts of the Witcher lore cast on the robots radio network. Genesis is, is one of my patrons. Like I am one of us. So, uh, there's specifically an episode, I don't know the number, but we do have a patron chat episode about romance. Mm-hmm. So if this interests you, you should probably go listen to that episode. Uh, I don't and... remember what number it was, but it was Valentine's Day. So it was the February yeah. episode. That Yep, that is true. So the, the one that would have taken place at the end of February. So that would interest you, or if you just like The Witcher in general. Uh, we talk about that stuff, and uh, that's about it. Thank you, thank you a million times. Freaking thank you. I love you for coming on um, and talking all about Judy. Yes. Big hearts. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to review us on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me in our Two Girls One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel. And come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon at Two Girls One Ship. Links to those are in the description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well, and on our own Two Girls One Ship Discord server now, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch and YouTube on Fridays at 10.30pm Eastern Time, 7.30pm Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So, thanks for listening, and remember... Beauties in the eye of the controller. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.